0: Confessional, your weekly Devo podcast. My name is Jeff Goki, and I am so happy that you have tuned in today. Welcome to episode number 34. 34 episodes of season 2. We have I think I'm we're right around 65, 66 episodes in or something like that. Uh that's pretty incredible. I I uh I'm so grateful for so many of you uh that tune into this podcast on a weekly basis. Uh there are so much content <laughs> that you can go back and listen to if you haven't, if maybe you're just brand new and this is maybe the first episode you've listened to. We got a bunch more. And so uh would love for you to go Go back, and again, just a reminder: the reason why we uh, do these, the reason why I do these is uh, these podcasts is really just trying to create a little catalyst into helping people um, take the next step into reading scripture on a regular basis, slowing down, listening a little bit. You know, the whole I record these from my front porch, i.e., front porch confessional, and a part of the reason is because. This is the place where I feel like I hear very clearly from God. It's the place where I really slow down. And so a uh, part of this podcast is where is a place that... Um, you're slowing down and you're listening and you're hearing for God, hearing God. And, and maybe this podcast is something that can help propel that. It just gives you a little taste, a little taste of the greater truth that is all throughout the Bible. And so we're talking through Old Testament passages and New Testament passages. Um, but there's a the hope and desire is that you'll just kind of take that next step and that you'll uh, go a little deeper in Scripture by yourself. Um, Galatians 4. Five one Galatians five one for freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Galatians five one for freedom Christ has set us free. That's where you say, Amen. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Uh, one of the interesting parts of our story, the story of the Goki family, is that uh, 11 years ago when I went to India, and if you've tuned into this podcast, you've heard a lot about India because India is really near and dear to my heart. Now, 11 years ago when I went to India that I met a, a little girl. Uh, her name was Wasuntha. And a part of Wasintha's story uh, is a story that I think could be really helpful in uh, light of this passage. Uh, Wasintha's story is that um, she was abandoned by her mother and her father, uh, taken in by a neighbor. And that neighbor was very cruel to her, very unkind, and really kept her like a slave. Um, And and Wasintha was... um, a child that, that just wasn't taking, taking care of. And one day uh, she was screaming in the home and the next door neighbor to this person uh, came and took Wasuntha and brought her to the ministry that I work alongside of in in India. And uh, I showed up a couple weeks later uh, after she had been there and I got to meet her. Uh, and a part of that story with her is this is that I really thought, well, maybe I'll just sponsor her. You know, we can just sponsor her as a child. But we decided that we, our hearts were breaking and we felt like maybe God would want us to adopt her. And so we started a process of an international adoption. I got an international adoption attorney, tried to figure out what it would look like uh, to adopt this little girl. Um, At that point, India was a closed country, so you couldn't really adopt. uh, But this international adoption attorney that we hired was pretty confident that we were able to um, to adopt her. So we started that process, but um, year after year, I would come and visit. But the first year I came back, and and she's staying with a family, and um, and we're doing everything we can to support that family. We're we're probably we're sending some money financially to be able to make sure her needs are taken care of—medical um, things, clothing, food, all that kind of stuff. So I show up, and um, Wasuntha is sitting on my lap as a probably a five-year-old little girl and she's eating chicken because that's what you do in India. You eat a lot of chicken. So we're eating chicken. She's sitting on my L app and she starts eating the chicken bones. And I was like, whoa, and I was telling her like, no, 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 don't do that. And she got angry at me. She's spicy. Uh, she got angry at me and she, she ate all the chicken bones and ran away. And so I go to the person that she's living with in the house and I'm like, what's going on? Like, why is she doing that? And he says, she's still living like a little slave girl. She hasn't yet come to understand that she's free, that she's free. And that absolutely broke my heart because I find so often that we live like we're in bondage. And so many people are living in so many different forms of bondage when we've been declared free, like we are free, like that whole Martin Luther King Jr. speech, free at last. He's talking about an old hymn, an old uh, Negro hymn where he go, they go, free at last, free at last, thank God almighty, I'm free at last, but what I find for so many Christians, this is very interesting, that yes, they have regular, uh, uh, they have other normal kind of human bondages, uh, but they also have a bondage of religiosity. I call it like, uh, it's I call it checklist Christianity instead of a Christ-filled Christianity. And, and what that means is uh, what happens is we've created a list uh, that we've talked about before here, where we just check off all the right boxes and if we've checked off all the right boxes there's something inside of us that feels like we're good like feels like we're fine feels like we're on the right path feels like we're in control and what we don't realize is we are in complete and utter religious bondage we're in bondage because that has become our focus not christ doing all the right things and, and, and going to all the right places and saying all the right words have become our focus. And what we don't realize is there's an overwhelming bondage that happens during that. And what, and what this passage is trying to help us focus into is no, 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 we need to be Christ-filled. Christ-filled and not just live these checklist Christianity type uh, of lives. You know, it's kind of like this. Here, here's the illustration behind it. It's like this. Uh, when most people sit down, most Christians, most people who have uh, claimed to, to follow Jesus or have made a commitment to follow Jesus, as it comes to mealtime, there is something inside of them that says you have to pray for this. You have to. But what I find is the insincerity in those prayers is unbelievable. The inauthentic way in which we approach that moment, that meal is so unbelievable to me. Right. Most times people already are like they're gazing at their food. They're not gazing at God. They're not going, oh, God, I'm just so thankful to be able to have this time of prayer with you. I just want to connect with the God of the universe. I'm just so grateful. Maybe there's times where you feel that way. But for the most part, if we're being honest, we're just trying to go through the religious act of praying and thanking God for our food, because that's just what you do. That's what you, just what you do. And And if we're really, really honest, most times we're just thinking about how can we get through this prayer so we can dig into our ribs, <laughs> so we can get after the food, so we can get after the thing we really want, which is the food and not God. That's the convicting part. And what we don't realize is that we're In bondage. And the crazy thing is that many of us uh, live our lives like that. And even crazier, we judge and evaluate others by the same measurement. It's so easy to judge people based on a Christian checklist, isn't it? Isn't it? You know, it's so easy to go, well, they're good Christians because they're doing all these checklisty things. And these people, they're not good because they're not doing all the checklisty things. Like it creates a grid in which we really evaluate and judge one another. It just shows, again, how toxic it can really be. Not that those things are bad, reading your Bible, praying and going to church and all those other things. They're not bad, but we've created them and they've created bondage. But you know what's really hard to evaluate people on? What's really hard to evaluate people on is what Christ is doing in someone's life. You just don't know what Christ is doing in someone's life. But we constantly heap bondage on people, presuming on God in their life, as opposed to going, maybe God is doing something that's completely unseen completely in the secret place in which only Christ can do things, but we judge people and we evaluate people. And this is what's happening in this passage. What's happening in this passage is pastor Paul is trying to help us understand something really, really important, right? In this particular time, uh, this is what, this was a time in, in in which, uh, there was an immense amount of bondage as a result of, uh, the law, and the law is what it kind of enslaved people. It was this religious enslaving that had happened. 613 laws a in a, a robust sacrificial system. And in the end, the community could determine who was blessed by God and who was not. This is what's happening right now. And So Pastor Paul's coming in and going, you're acting like slaves, like they're trying to make you a slave. Don't live that way. You don't have to live that way. You are made free. You were made free to live free. And what he's trying to say to these people, these new Christians, and it's what he's saying to you and to me today is this, Jesus changed everything. I want you to hear that. Jesus has changed everything. Everything. If you remember, the veil in the temple has been torn. The temple was the place in which you would bring those offerings to make penance for all of your sins. And when the veil in the temple ha- was torn, what it said was boldly come to God. Stop this petty religiosity and just come to Jesus. Come to God through Jesus's sacrifice on his car, on the cross, his death and his resurrection. Hey, as we go into Holy Week this week, this is so important to remember. It's so important to remember. He says, stand firm. Paul is saying, stand firm in this truth that the veil The veil has been ripped and we can boldly go before the throne of God as a result of Jesus's death and resurrection. And what he's saying is don't go back to the other way of worshiping God. And for so many of you, maybe it's you don't don't depend on the way you are worshiping right now. Don't depend on your uh, checklist. Christianity to make you whole and full in this life. It's only Christ and Christ alone that has set you free. And I want you to hear this. He has set you free. And what he desires more than anyone, anything else is relationship with you. He does not need your religiosity He's not stepping back with a, with a pen and paper, checking boxes to evaluate you. He's going, I just want you. I just want you. Maybe some of you just feel like you never measure up. Like you're never good enough. Like you never get it right. This is the moment he looks at you and he says, I know that's why I died. So you could be free. And wherever you're listening from right now, maybe you needed to hear that. Maybe you need to take a deep breath and breathe his love and acceptance of you in. Just breathe it in. He loves you. He sees you. He knows you're jacking it all up. And that makes Jesus's death and resurrection that much more beautiful. Because when we are constantly trying to prove to God that we are good, it exposes how bad we really are and how beautiful a savior he really is. So where are you caught in slavery and bondage right now? And how Can you give that over to the pioneer and perfecter of your faith, Jesus Christ, who went before you and paid the ultimate price for you to be free? Oh, Heavenly Father, we are free in you, and we praise you, and we receive our freedom in you. So take a breath, reflect, and believe that the God of the universe is near to you in your own heartbeat.